There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and we're going to make a really sweet start to the show today. We're just uh, chatting myself and Louise about things that, you know, make you feel good and bring back back memories to, uh, especially to childhood as well, Uh, most importantly childhood and what better than a lovely suite or to bring you back in time or just to think the first time maybe you bought that suite from your local little shop or you tasted it or whatever. And, you know, many people have favourites when it comes to confectionery and sweets. So we're going to talk to a man who was, up until recently, the owner of the oldest sweet shop in the world. Yes, we're heading to Yorkshire, beautiful Yorkshire in England now, to have a word with Keith Tordoff. Hello, Keith. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you very much for joining us again on the show. I, I, well, before we get into the joy of it, I was sorry to hear you actually pass the business on. Now, it's flying still, I know. What prompted you, after all the time your family has been involved, to let go? Well, I mean, the oldest sweet shop at Pateley Bridge in North Yorkshire, a real place to come and visit. But we've been doing it for nearly 25 years, myself and my wife, a bit like the pub landlord and landlady, friendly, you know, knowing the regulars and the visitors, having a really good crack. Times have changed. Uh, we've done it for a long time, so obviously we've got to take into account age, uh, but also the fact that with the crisis of COVID coming along, certainly changed the whole way that business, if they can open, can do it, i.e., you know, screens, perspex screen, people coming in wearing masks, not the same banter, quite often didn't even recognise regular customers coming in, so it, it changed it for us, certainly, and Fortunately, uh, a young man who was very keen on the idea of running the shop, he's only 23 years old, Ben, he came along realising the climate we're in, but wanting to develop very much the mail order side of the business, which we already had. The, you know, we've got a website, theoldestsweetshop.co.uk, where people, including in uh, all of Ireland, can order the sweets from at this moment in time. So he wants to develop, evolve the website and he loves the history and the heritage of the shop itself so he's the right person at 23 years old to take it forward difficult times but he's very positive about coming out the other side and getting the business the mail order and hopefully lots of your listeners will come and visit the oldest sweet shop in the world it is in guinness world records it went in there in 2014 and he has big links i know with this area of ireland the northeast of ireland where i'm talking to you from today yeah, no, I'm not exactly sure the names of the villages, but Ben Howie, uh, who's bought it from us, his father actually lives in a little village near the border somewhere, so right. uh, uh, I've no doubt he might be listening, and he right. listened last time to the interview. So, yeah, there are connections, and we've always delivered sweets out there, and to say in this current climate, mail order's very busy, and that's what Ben's busy on, so if anybody wants some of the old favourites, they're sure to have them at the oldest sweet shop. Now you're talking about old favourites there and you're a long time in the business and the shop, I was just looking at the history, the shop was a confectionery point from 1827 so it's there a long, long time but in your 25 years there what were the most popular sweets that people consistently came back looking for? Pear drops, rhubarb and custard, the lion midget gems because the black ones are licorice, the Toffee bomb bomb, 
the sweets that people remember, but also young people enjoy them just much because the grandparents have introduced them to them, usually at the shop or the parents. So things like that, even going down to things like the penny sweets, the blackjacks, the fruit salads, uh, the fizzers, uh, the palmer violets. So the whole thing, but certainly weighing out, which they still do in the shop by the quarter pound, the four ounces, are the things, as I said, like the pear drops, like the rhubarb custard. Of course, licorice-wise, Pontifract cakes, because Pontifract from Pontifract in West Yorkshire, not far away from where the shop is, a fantastic tradition and history behind licorice, but including the original licorice root that people remember chewing on, which you could still get during the times of uh, rationing. Now, you mentioned the weighing out there and you bring me back to my childhood as well because we had our local shops here as well that you went to and I can still see, that's fantastic to hear, the scales and the big jars and I can hear the rattle. I can hear it in my mind's eye now as they rattle uh, the sweets into the into the way, into the uh, little silver cradle of the weighing scales. Quarters, or did you ever do this for people? You know, mixing two quarters, say, for half a pound of two different types of sweets. Well, I've got to be careful I don't cause Ben a lot of work, but of course, historically, <laughs> you know, it used to be a, a, so people two ounces of each one yes. per quarter, but when it's busy times, it isn't always very practical to start doing that, and I don't want to cause Ben <laughs> work. If, if, when, it, when it opens up again after this lockdown, if th- thousands of people flock there, it really slows the process up, so it, it's a strict rule of a quarter when it's uh, certainly busy times, but yeah, I mean, historically, and we're very reasonable if it's little children who've got a certain amount of pennies to spend spend which they still you know that's another thing we learn about the first dealing of money really because they go the grandparents the parents show them how to buy the sweets from what we call the kiddie counter you know the type penny type sweets things putting them in a bag adding them up themselves bringing it to the counter and paying themselves the first time really that they start to use money themselves and as they grow up certainly locally they come with their own money do it themselves then later on of course in our uh, history. We saw they come in with the girlfriends, the partners, the wives, and then bringing their own little babies. So we saw the full range, and it's it, it, a magical place is the oldest sweet shop because it's still the glass jars, not plastic. The Avery scales with the weighing pan, as you've described, where the sweets rattling into it, going into a very environmentally friendly, a paper bag, and then the cash register over a hundred years old, pressing those big keys around the Arkwright type till the ring of the bell as the drawer flies open, and be careful you don't trap your fingers in it Oh, just, you paint the picture magnificently. I can still see it going to the shop. And something you mentioned there, the shopkeepers, the women and men who served, God, the children would try their patience, I'm sure, by times, looking for the little quantities. Did you ever feel, do you ever feel like saying, come on, let's get organised here and just get the one lot and don't be diddling around in the shop? But sure, it was all part of the experience, wasn't it? It's very much part of the experience, and certainly my wife, I say, very, very good. And I always relate it to like being the pub landlord and landlady because you stood behind that counter just like you would be in a pub behind the you know, behind the bar. You're talking to your regulars. You're spending time with children explaining about the sweets or the way they pay for them, you know, looking at the licorice route and explaining that licorice, all licorice comes from the actual licorice route, which you can still chew on and get all licorice juice out of. And it's all, it is an experience. And Fortunately, you know, we've a very, very busy business that people come to and Ben, you know, is looking forward to when we can open up after this lockdown again. In the meantime, I've just spoken to him this morning and he's busy with the mail order, sending it out from the oldestsweetshop.co.uk website. And I'm hoping that, you know, people use it because... The experience with the mail order is very, very the best, the closest you're going to get to the shop because you're going to get the top quality sweets with the whole understanding of the sweets. Because I could buy or I could buy, you know, different types of pear drops, but it's knowing which is the most original, which is the best pear drop, which is the best toffee bonbon, which is the best pontifract cake, not the cheap alternatives and it's knowing your sweets so Ben has inherited that he's taking it forward and he understands that and he's got the same passion and I've actually, uh, we've opened another business on the same high street so we haven't abandoned the area because Pateley Bridge in North Yorkshire is a fantastic place to visit in the Yorkshire Dales, beautiful place and we've opened a gallery ourselves myself and my wife so I'm going to still go and speak to Ben and of course still get me sweets from him because uh, <laughs> I love my sweets, I've got a real sweet tooth my favourite being milk gum teeth but they've got to be the white and pink the strawberry and vanilla not just the plain white ones with the powder coating on the pink and uh, white fantastic i just love them there's something about them and 
when I was there, I was eating sweets every single day because <laughs> who can't be tempted? You drop one maybe on the counter. When the customer's gone, you eat it. When you cut the fudge, the fantastic fudge, you actually eat a piece when you cut it. So my day was made up of that. In fact, I've got withdrawal symptoms a little bit at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure you have. You must be missing it. Oh, you really must. But you, you didn't uh, have to do uh, a little bit of watching the weight or anything like that when you were there. No, uh, you know, dipping in now and again, as you say there. Or, you know, were you uh, a man, your metabolism just got rid of the sugar? <laughs> I don't know it's my metabolism. Obviously, in the sweet shop, people don't see the work that goes into it. To keep those yeah. uh, nearly 150 jars all topped up all the time, it's up and down a little staircase because the building itself dates from, you know, the sort of uh, 1600s. It's actually, uh, you know, small. It's the original fireplace, original beams, the original tiny little staircase. So up and down those stairs all day, stocking the jars, <laughs> clearly, you burn off what you eat. That was my theory. And actually, since I I've stopped, I must admit, whether it's locked down, but I've certainly put on a, a few pounds since I've been at home. <laughs> you need to get back to it. But there's a magic about it, isn't there, for a child? And I know there's a big debate today about the sugar, and of course that uh, crosses the spectrum of all foods and that we're eating nowadays. But for sure, you know, a sweet, it, there's something about it, isn't it? It's a real treat, and it is something that we've all enjoyed, thank God, from we were little people, and it stays with you. Every, yeah, you've summed it up really, Jerry, because everybody has a memory of sweets. They're growing up. It might have been when they were with the grandfather and he fell into his big coat pocket and picked out this white mint imperial which was covered in fluff from his pocket. It might be the love heart that you give to your girl that you met at school, you know, to say I love you. And it's all about memories and, you know, it's part of growing up, hopefully. And the sweet the sugar itself, if you're active, if you're burning it off, it's not going to be a huge problem. I yes. mean, here we are, myself and my wife, eating sweets. My wife's the same as me, uh, always eating them for the last 20-odd years, every single day of the week. We've still got our own teeth. We're still relatively, hopefully, fit and healthy. And it's about not just eating sugary things and not doing anything. And I think that's the problem because a lot of people now sat in front of computers, not going for walk, not exercising, not burning it off. That isn't a good thing to do, but if you, it's a treat, it's a, it's a pleasure, it gives you that satisfaction. And who doesn't walk through the door of a sweet shop and smile? Mm. Happy people who go into sweet shops because it's fantastic, it just, it literally lights a fuse. There's something exciting about going in a sweet shop, remembering and looking at all the, the various types of sweets, the colours of the sweets. Of course, things like chocolates, bars of chocolate, and chocolate can be very healthy for you. Certainly, the more the higher percentage of cocoa. So, there's, and historically, most of the traditional sweets come from a herbal background. They were used in earlier times, from as early as you can remember, for medicinal purposes. The licorice, mint, clove, cinnamon, they're all herbs used to do with things. Not only honey, of course, very sweet, but used to treat wounds, used to obviously uh, for the throat, uh, comfits to fret breath and freshen your breath up. So there's a whole history. So sweets, modern maybe packaged sweets, a lot of them, they've got that many E numbers and uh, various things in them. And I've always said that certain makers of the modern sweets, when they go out on a dark night, they're actually uh, luminous because they've got that many <laughs> chemicals in them. But, but I'm talking about a traditional sweet shop, which is the oldest sweet shop in Bridge, which sells proper quality, made by different makers, so not the same makers, so that again is part of the expertise. Lots of different makers, to get that quality, a lot of the makers that are supplying and making are over 100 years old, yeah. using the same equipment to make them. The pear drops, you won't get a better pear drop because it's made by somebody who's now been doing it, I think it's 102 years they've been making them. Mm. So, you know, there's a huge history there, and you're dead right. Sedentary lifestyles has a, a lot to do with people, you know, piling on the pounds. If you have your sweets and you're active and you're running up and down stairs in the oldest sweet shop in the world, well, you are going to be fit. Can I say before I say goodbye to you, you are the greatest ambassador, Keith Tardoff, in the world, in my opinion, for the sweet. And you should be crowned that uh, because you just sell it so well and you bring back so much joy and smiles and memories, I'm sure, every time you speak about the sweets and the shop. I'll mention it again, oldestsweetshop.co.uk. They're trading away there, even though the doors may be shut with a young man who has big roots here in the northeast. Keith, thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it. 
It's been a pleasure, Jerry. Thank you for calling me. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Keith. Keith Thurduff there speaking to me from Yorkshire this afternoon. Well, it's over to you now in late lunchland. I want to hear from you. Your favourite sweets? What is your favourite sweet of all time? And the other thing I'll ask you, because I was just thinking about this myself, I used to go to Francis Flynn's shop on the North Road in Drogheda. Anna Finnegan had a shop down the street as well. And I can still see the scales, as I said, the glass jars, the noise of the sweets going in, being measured out by the quarter. They were my two places, go-to places when I was a child to get me sweets with me pennies as well. I have a favourite sweet or two, which I'll tell you about shortly. What's your favourite sweet? Is it still your favourite sweet? Are you getting your sweets still and enjoying them? I want to hear from you on late lunch today. 086-1800-658. Come on, get in touch with me now. You can text or WhatsApp me. 086-1800-658. Or if you want to call in, the usual number, 1850-715-958. Hi, Jerry. I can remember my dad bringing home chocolate pillowcases. I think that's what they were called, says Hilary Lynch this afternoon. Oh, spangles. No doubt about it, Jerry. says Kevin Dunn this afternoon. Lucky numbers was mine, but I, you can't get them anymore, uh, says a listener d- uh, to me this afternoon. Eamon Doyle's just to let you know to reveal all. He loves cola. You know the cola and the yellow cubes? I remember them well and mixed them. He had to have the mix. He annoyed, you see, the local shopkeeper. Two ounces of each, please. And apple drops. They're Eamon's favourites as well. I was trying to think about mine, and I, I have quite a few, to be honest with you, that I really love. But, you know, I, I have to agree with Keith. He mentioned there those milk teeth. Do you know the milk teeth with the little powder and the pink and white and those? I could eat bags of those if I got them, to be honest with you. Do you remember the dib-dab fizz bags? I love those. I love the dib-dab. I didn't like the one with the licorice in it. You know, the fizz around the tube with a black licorice going down into it. And there's one I will tell you, folks. I eat nearly everything, as you know, in life. Everything when it comes to food. I detest licorice. I just cannot... Oh, I can't take it. I can't take... No, I can't. I can't take licorice, all sorts, nothing. I just cannot take licorice. It's the one thing I have no taste for and I just don't want them. Never give them to me. Of course, the strawberry and lemon sherbets. Ah, now you're talking. They were one of my favourites as well. They're flying into us. What's your favourite sweet? Where did you buy them? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. Here we go. And we have a snood. Yes, we have a snood to give away to one of you today for your sweet stories. But here it is. The sweetest song ever. Just for you. Now, I had a, a message from Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie. And she said to me, Jerry, I have a topic I really want you to talk about on the show and it concerns my daughter and really the beginning it is of her female cycle and Siobhan is on the line. Hello Siobhan. Hi Jerry, how are you? I'm good, thanks for joining me on the show this afternoon. Now you really wanted to chat about this because listen, I'll put my cards on the table. Here I am, a man of an age, talking about this. I've never had to talk about it in my life. Uh, to my daughter, right? That, I put, I'll tell you this. It's something that never comes up in conversation because a woman's period is a, probably a taboo subject for the likes of me and many men, not even of my age, but probably younger. Um, okay. So just to context our conversation between yourself and myself here today, I need you really to lead me along. Now, well, will first you... First of all, Jerry, I'm actually glad you said the word period because a lot of men might have skirted around that. So you're, you're starting off well. Okay. Starting off well. Well, can I, can I, and just to remind listeners, if you feel those little ears and you don't want them to listen to this, this is time maybe to go away for a few moments because some people mightn't be comfortable with this, as we say, and we understand that as well. But Siobhan, take me back first to your situation a few years ago when this happened to you. What age did, uh, were you when your parents had to deal with this with you? Well, I was 13 and I was marching in the St. Patrick's Day parade. And right in the middle of walking down the street, I felt something strange happening. And I got to the end of the parade and I went to my mom and I told her and lo and behold, my period had come. So I didn't obviously didn't go near my dad, went to my mom. Um, she was great, you know, looked after me, brought me home, all that kind of stuff. And then we didn't even have a, a phone in our house at this point. She Over she went, we had a phone box at the top of the road. Over she went to the top of the road and rang my nanny. I'm the first grandchild. We're all very close rang my nanny to tell her, Siobhan has become a young woman, you know, went over to tell her. And my nanny said, get her on the bus tomorrow up to Dublin and meet us. We always met around the side of Cleary's. So we got off the bus at O'Connell Street, around the side of Cleary's. My nanny and two of my aunts were there. 
and they had like little gifts for me. So one of them had a little box that you could put your sanitary towels and stuff in in your school bag so people wouldn't know. You know, discretion, yeah. a nice little box, things like that. And they took me into the Kylemore and we had chips and all this kind of stuff. And they made me feel really special. So this, you know, it can be a little bit frightening for girls, particularly maybe if you're not prepared or... And it can be a bit of a difficult situation. But what they did was they made this into something so positive. They took the time and they brought me out for lunch and they bought me little gifts. And it always really, it stayed with me that it yes. was... It was a celebration of yes. uh, a coming of age, becoming a young woman, exactly. as you said. Just, yes. ba- just back to when it happened to you. Did, yes. you. did you know, were you expecting this? Did your mum talk to you before oh, it actually yes. happened? Yes, you knew that. The, yes, the, she had. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, she did, and, and my mum's great. But even then, you know, obviously times have changed, and it's much more, we're much more able to talk with our kids now than maybe our parents were with us. So times okay. have definitely changed, and I'd be much more comfortable sending my husband down to the, you know, to the chemist or the shop if one of us needs sanitary baths or whatever, Dan, I would have been asking my brother to go and do it when we were younger. And God love him, he'd four sisters. I mean, Jesus, he never stood a chance, that poor fella. Yes. Um, but we never shied away from it. And then when my sisters all got their periods, because I'm the eldest, we did the same thing. And then when my daughters, two of them now, um, got their periods, we did the same thing. We took them out and only... What's important, what's really special is that we only took that child because normally I've got four kids, as you know, and they're always running around somewhere after me. But when something like this happens, I think it's really nice to say to, right, you're a young woman now. And we always have a giggle over that because it sounds so funny saying that to like a 13 year old. Mm. And off we go out for a nice lunch and there's a few little gifts. And, it's you know, these are not big gifts like there's a lovely shop there up in Southgate, the Tipperary Crystal Shop. I went in there and I bought my daughter a really nice um, pair of earrings. Just to say, you know, this is a little something to remember this time in your life. And we made something something special out of it. Because yes, obviously we and, and that's the point you want to get across. It, it yeah. is a special time. But look, come back to um, yeah. the, the whole scenario of you, you obviously introduced the conversation with your daughters before yeah. it happened. Was yeah. Dave involved at all? I'm just curious to explore this. Yeah. Is it still the remit of yeah. the woman, carer, parent, guardian or whatever to yeah. be the one who talks to the daughter? That's a great question. And... I would have had most of the conversations with him, but he is very involved. So he had the conversation with our son to explain to him, this is going to be happening to your sisters. So, you know, maybe don't go in and jump on them and be annoying them at certain times. Or if if they're telling you to get lost and they close their door, you know, don't be going in looking for earphones or whatever it is. Okay. So it, it's important that the, the guys know um, as well. And like we would, I would happily say, Dave, will you go down and get me something in the shop? Now I will say, he does come back with surfboards that I could sail away on there. You know, men seem to get the biggest pack they can possibly find, which is kind of funny. We'd have a good laugh over it. But there's no taboo around it here. And when the girls did get their periods, we made sure that we both, you know, I are a young woman now. And Dave was involved in that conversation. And even with COVID, like my mom sent a present for our daughter and a card, which was so sweet because we can't obviously take her out. Mm. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it can be such, it can be a taboo subject. And But the fact is, I've had periods for 30 years and I'll have them for more another couple of years, maybe another 10 years, I don't know. It's a fact of life. Women, like half the world has gone through this every month. And really, the fact that it's great, Louise was delighted to have us talking about this today because it's, it's something that affects so many people and it's not talked about that much. Yeah. And, but some girls are uncomfortable and they don't like the whole, the mess of it because it, it can be a little bit messy. So I'm actually doing a little bit of research, which I think is going to be really helpful for anyone who's listening whose daughter is coming up to that age. Um, there's three brilliant companies and they do underwear that absorb everything so you don't have to go and buy the tampons and all the pads and all that kind of stuff. And it's more discreet, particularly for girls who are playing sports and they're in school. If, if they feel uncomfortable, this is a really good option so that they don't feel uncomfortable. And I'll give you those three websites. The first one is nix.com and that's K-N-I-X. Okay. And then the next one is she thinks, she, T-H-I-N-X.com. And then the third one is period aisle, as in food aisle.com. And they all sell underwear that has absorbed, it's built in, to the underwear so you wouldn't know so because some girls do feel a bit uncomfortable and there's a great thing Lilette is a company that makes sanitary towels and tampons and they have this little pack for teenagers it's like a starter pack 
and it, there's a little bag and with a zip so that they can put that in their in their um, school bag mm. and they can put their little bits and bobs in it. And it's not immediately obvious what that is. It's still nice to have some discretion, particularly for a 12 or 13 year old who might feel uncomfortable yes. or embarrassed. Yes, know? and that, that's understandable. But here's the thing, Siobhan, I was yeah. just thinking to last year in Ireland, wasn't there an advertisement on television mm. uh, for tampons banned in this country or taken off? It went, it went mental. Yeah, God, I mean, a politician like Donald Trump can go on and say whatever he wants and this ad got banned. Oh, I thought it was so silly. Now, the ads, it was like tampons and tea. Let's sit down and have a chat about yes. period. It was cringy. It mm. wasn't the best quality. But there was nothing like offensive about it and it was taken off air and then only recently like in the last year or so have they ever showed red liquid being put onto a pad in an advert up until then it was always blue Mm. and even that is saying there's something wrong with periods there's something dirty but there isn't if we didn't have periods we wouldn't have babies and none of us would be here it's a perfectly normal. It's part of the cycle of life uh, and and that's what it really is. So look, I've been doing a bit of research on this myself. Mm. It can happen as early as eight years of age and as late as 15, the average age is 12. When would you suggest as a mum that's been through this twice with two of your girls uh, that you sort of start to introduce the conversation? Well, you know what? I've always been open about it. I say open. I, you know, I'm not, when the kids were small, I'm not going to get away from me. I've got my periods. Don't come back unless you have dairy milk, you know? But I would say, I've got a few cramps today. Um, I've got, I've got my period. I, w- I wouldn't go on about it, but it's a normal part of life. Like if you had a headache, would you say to your wife, Jesus, I have an awful headache. Is there any all in the press there? You would. Yeah. Whereas if I have cramps, I'd say, geez, Dave, is there any sulfadine around in there? And cramps are, you might have one or two days where you're quite crampy. Or uh, a hot water bottle is a great thing. So Dave would often make me a hot water bottle if I have cramps and I, if I'm sitting inside. Even if I'm working, I'll have it at my back there. Um, and that's a nice thing to do. So there's no um, taboo about it in this house, even though yeah. we have a nine-year-old. And I would be happy to say to her, run upstairs and bring down some pads and I'll put them in the downstairs bathroom because so-and-so has her period or I have my period. So it's not like we're talking about it all the time, but we talk about it in, it's a normal part of life. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Women all over the world go through this all of the time. And the other reason that I really like these products, the the, the NYX and the She Thinks and the Period Oil, is because they're reusable. You just wash them and you use them again. Yeah. So you're actually saving the environment and in the long run you're saving money. And you know because period waste is obviously quite a yeah. big thing. Yeah. Can I can I come really to, can I come to this point with you? Uh, you? Look, having the open conversation is really important. What about the whole scenario of school and in schools and dealing with this issue in school? Have Have you uh, experience of that? How is that? Yeah, it's pretty good actually. Um, they give the kids in fifth and sixth class in primary school. They start talking about these kinds of things, and of course. The kids are young and there's a lot of, you know, giggling and all that kind of stuff. But they do come home. There's a, there's a book that they get called Busy Bodies and that covers periods and hormones and puberty and things like that. So my kids all brought that home at one stage or another. And I did sit down with them, including my son, and explained to him exactly why we have periods, exactly what they are, that it's just the egg that hasn't been fertilized and it's just been, you know, expelled as such. So did he like that conversation? Uh, no. Did we have it? Yeah. And we still have those conversations because there's nothing. The school can cover so much. But yeah. I think as a parent, you need to normalize that as well. And you need to make sure that everyone in the house is aware and particularly boys. And it's a bit insulting to not talk to boys about it because they need to be aware that girls are going through this every month and that, yes. you know, their sisters might not be in the humour to have uh, a wrestling match or he, they might not be in the humour for him that day. And it's all right for him, for them to say, you know, leave me alone, I've got cramps or, you know, whatever it is. It's normalising it so that it's not um, a big deal. And this conversation goes a long way towards that. It's yeah. actually great. And the other aspect of school is, you know, you mentioned the little packs that you can uh, get the discreet, you bring them with you. Do schools yeah. have... Uh, any uh, pads available or stuff like that if needed or is the onus on the child themselves the young girl to bring what they need there's always a teacher that will have some you'll always have a really okay. kind teacher um, there's usually some around the school and also uh, my girls always always have them in their school bags whether it's they're coming up to their cycle or not so that if one of their friends 
happened not to have one. The amount of times one of my girls has come home and said, so-and-so didn't have one, so I gave her one. So the, the girls themselves are quite good. I would say to parents, rather than waiting until you know they're coming up to their cycle to say, here, bring a few of them with you, just always have them in their school bag or have them in their locker in schools. Um, schools in the UK actually give them to kids free. So there's a, there's a whole thing over there. And even during the lockdown, they were available for parents to pick up and they were sending them out. So because it, it can get expensive, especially if there's quite a few girls in the house and they're going through this every month, you know, you're buying a lot of products. Mm. So a lot of some schools, as I said, give them out for free. Um, I think we've a long way to go with schools always having them available for girls. But again, that's why I like the Hood Street products I mentioned. It takes away the yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no, it's it. They're really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might mention them again. Just give those three, yeah. please. We've got Nix, K-N-I-X dot com, She Thinks, and that's Thinks, T-H-I-N-X. So Nix dot com, She Thinks dot com, and Period Isle dot com. And they have the boxer shape. They've all the different kinds of shapes okay. that different girls would like. Uh, and I think they're really good. And the Lilette Teenage Starter Kit, again, there's a little booklet in there and it's it's nice and it's not scary. I like those kind of products. Okay, listen, great to talk to you today and the, the message is talk about it, get talking about it early, involve everybody in the house, be open about it and it's the yeah. best way for us to proceed. Taboo, it may still yeah. be, but that day really should be gone and yeah. long gone, really. Absolutely Sh- right. Siobhan, and thank if, you. And if anyone needs help, Get on to mams.ie, you know, we've loads of support on there as well. Great. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Siobhan. Take care of yourself. That's Siobhan O'Neill White there with uh, a very pertinent subject. And mams.ie, of course, is the website. Look, I I, I say to you again, uh, in my day with uh, when I was growing up as a child, well, I have to say to you that any education, any sex education I got was from my mates or, uh, you know, or you picked up a book and you found out about it. The same, like, when I had my own children as well, didn't really talk about it much to them either. I left it to, to Miriam, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, it, it is so natural. It's the natural thing. We reproduce as human beings, all creatures and the planet do as well. And to be open about it and have it out in the open and have everybody understanding about what women especially go through. Us boys don't understand it at all, to be honest with you. But we need to know and we need to have an understanding of it as well. Delighted to talk to Siobhan about it on the show today. If you have anything to say, please do get in touch with me. 086 658 You can WhatsApp or text me or 1850 if you want to call in. I'm going to come back to your sweets in a moment. Got a lovely letter in. And before I go to the break, I want to say a big thank you to Delia Hinhen. We uh, spoke uh, about St. Bridget's Crosses and the making of them on the show last week. And, and uh, Delia sent us in some lovely crosses. Thank you so much indeed. I have one. I'll treasure it and keep it safe in my home. Much, much appreciated. Back on Late Lunch in a moment. Reminding you, the Premier League rattles on. United 9-0 last night. Arsenal implode. Oh my God. Don't forget that on Saturday we have live commentary and four Premier League matches on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on the LMFM website. We begin with the Gunners. Yes, Arsenal away to Aston Villa at 12.30 and we have more games through the afternoon concluding with coverage of Manchester United and Everton. Big game that later in the evening. Remember, you can get closer to the action with Premier League Live with Now TV. Only pay for the games that matter to you, your sport, on your terms with Now TV. Oh God, Jerry, that was really interesting conversation you had there. Thanks so much for bringing it uh, to the airwaves. Much appreciated. Jerry, fair play to that lady for uh, bringing this subject up with you on the show. I'm in my late 50s and I was none the wiser uh, uh, when I was younger, but my daughter, thank God, knows much different. Now, another one there from David. Genuinely, Jerry, us lads don't know how lucky we are. The women in my life have a difficult time every month. Thanks for airing the subject again. Our Jerry, really appreciate Siobhan coming on and raising something that really isn't talked about enough on radio today. Thank you indeed. It's really nice and heartening, I have to say, to get those messages in. Thank you so much indeed. Let me read a little letter that came in to me this morning. Dear Jerry, I'm a Dundalk listener. I listen to your show every day. 
Please, please keep highlighting the problem of dog poo. Myself and my husband go out walking around Dundalk and it's just horrible to see the streets destroyed with dog stuff. I think they should fine people 500 euro, hit them in their pockets hard and there would be less dog poo. Or put the dog licence, Jerry. what about this, up to 500 euro. You wouldn't see many with three or more dogs uh, if that were the cost of the licence. It's a massive problem here. I like dogs, Jerry, but the people who have them are not responsible. They all come out late evening and night and they don't lift up the dog dart. Thank you for keeping us going in these strange times. Your show does give us a wee lift. P.S. And thank you uh, for having that lovely chat some weeks back with Eileen Rush. It was really touching. Your letter is really touching as well. Uh, But uh, I have to say to you, it, it, it two grand somebody paid, did they? Really? Yes. Did, did you hear this? Did, did you hear this story just tied in with that? Uh, that the cost of a Labrador pup, somebody paid €2,000 for a pup. Uh, 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 my God almighty, isn't that some amount of money? But just back to your letter here. Thank you so much for highlighting the issue. It's an issue I know all over the North East and that comes in from Dundalk this afternoon. What do you think? Up the charge of... Uh, the fine, the fine. Not many people have been fined, we have to say that. It's very hard to catch people who heard that on the show in the act and actually, you know, bring the law to bear on them. That's a big problem with the law and dog fouling. Uh, a dog licence, €500 euro to licence your dog? My God, that'd soften your cough, wouldn't it? I, I renewed my flood there in December. It's €20, euro, isn't it, I think, for a dog licence. I mean, a €500. Euro. I hear your frustration in the letter. I really do. Thank you for writing to me. I do appreciate every time I get correspondence, and I will read it. And you're right. It is a shocking problem. And we ask again, we appeal to people, have a community spirit. Pick up your dog dirt. I see a lot of people doing it. And I, I, I saw people, even this morning, I saw somebody out early with the dog, and the dog did what they do, and they picked it up in a little bag and well done to you whoever you were but keep it going lift 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 the dog lord it's shocking when somebody gets it on their shoe thank you so much for your lovely letter from Dundalk to late lunch this afternoon what about the sweets rhubarb and custard says a listener love them Jerry what about Weldon's in Dunlear Jerry they still do loose sweets lovely shop I remember Matt Nolan's on Peter Street in Drogheda says Olivia the bonbons and the broken chocolate Pacers, Spearman Chews with green stripes. Our Margaret Madden loves those. Mooney's Shop in St. Keenan's Villas in Dulique. Ah, Sishinaid, I remember going there to buy me penny sweets, me chocolate satins and beach balls as well. Oh, jeez, Jerry, will you leave off, says another listener. Me blood sugars are going through the roof. Peggy's leg, there's an old one. We're going back in time there. Two by two chocolate, Jerry. I remember it well. I loved it myself. I think it was made by Arnie's. They don't do it anymore. I loved it. Turkish delight. And so on and so they go. Olive McDonough two for a penny. Cleaves toffees Jerry. Stay in your tongue all day and our Danny. Hello to Danny this afternoon. The chocolatey Claire's Jerry. Ah used to buy them for me girlfriend the lovely Joan. Anyway we're electric. She's electric on late lunch this afternoon. I was uh, for a walk in Dundalk uh, yesterday around the Avenue Road and Tom Bellew Road and Jerry. The footpaths are just simply disgraceful, uh, I have to say. And that's coming into me by WhatsApp just now. And I'm sure many people could send me in messages from all over the place. It is an epidemic. It really is. And all you can do at the moment is appeal to people's good senses and nature etc to have a bit of cop on and lift it it's not to be left there say that again and i'm sure the laws and fines and how to manage this will have to be looked at in due course late lunch lmfm radio don't forget if you want to get in touch with the show and mention anything suggest a guest to us a topic we always love to hear from you you can email me at any stage late lunch at lmfm.ie gets an email directly to me or don't forget the usual numbers 086 658 by whatsapp or text or 1850 if you'd like to call in what about that uh, story today uh, you want to be careful raiding your child's piggy bank don't you you do indeed. Did you see the case? A child's money that was being accumulated from the children's allowance used by somebody older and they now have to pay, the bank I think has to pay €66,000 back into the child's account. 
Now, think about that one. There you are. You can think again. Dip in and dip out. You really can't. And that case highlights that today, that uh, case in the news as I speak. After the break, we were talking yesterday uh, to a counsellor about young people studying for exams and their frame of mind. Well, how is their frame of mind? Aisha Jalali is with us next. I'll just mention three places that are coming up time and time again when people think about sweets of yesteryear. Sean McCarthy's old sweet shop on Farrell Street in Kells, Colin Patton's shop in Termonfeckin in County Louth and Johnny Burns in Clotterhead in County Louth. We'll mention those places because there are a lot of people being in touch to say there's where they went to get their sweets. And we have a snood. I told you we'd give a snood to somebody who uh, got in touch with us about the sweets today. And I'm giving it to Mary Feely. Yes, the Cleves Toffees, Mary. Yummy. The snood is yours. We'll be in touch and we'll organise that. Thank you to everybody who's been in touch with all your favourite sweets and shops. I really do appreciate it. Now, on the show, we have been talking about students and especially students in exam years, the Leave Insert in particular, on the show uh, quite consistently since uh, COVID came to this uh, country back in late March last year, March of uh, 2020. And we've been talking to a young lady who's a student. She's uh, in Leaving Cert here in Dundalk from time to time. And she's back with me on the show today. I'm delighted to say hello again to Aisha Jalali. Hello, Aisha. Hi, Jerry. Nice to talk to you again. And nice to have you with us this afternoon. Well, God help you is all I can say. I'm thinking of you and all the leaving certers. How is your state of mind? Is it on? Is it off? What's happening? What are your thoughts about this? Oh, Jesus. I mean, it is just, it's muddled all over the face, Jerry. You'll have to be a bit more specific. You know, what I'm saying is, how are you feeling? You know, you're not sure yet whether there's an exam on this summertime. Are you going to sit the exam? Is it going to be calculated grades? What's going to happen? What are your thoughts about that? I know we're waiting word from the minister and the government to say it's on, it's off, or we're doing the calculated grades. How are you feeling about that? Well, I know we talked about this last time and I know that I did kind of tell you that um, myself and a few other Leaving Cert students, the general feeling was a sense of sort of numbness um, in terms of the whole thing. But I think now that we're closer to, de- uh, to a decision, everyone's starting to care more and more and more about it each day. Um, and even though I said I wasn't really on any side, I just wanted something to be announced. I think now I'm kind of leaning more towards calculated grades at this point, um, mostly because, I mean... You know, I woke up, like, the other day and I, you know, it just kind of hit me. It's February now. You know, it's actually February and we're getting closer and closer to what would have been our leaving cert month, whether that's, you know, postponed a little bit or whether it doesn't happen at all. It's just, it really kind of slapped me across the face all of a sudden, I think. Mm. Um, And certainly, I mean, I think the real enemy here has been the lack of clarity, the lack of, you know, a decision that, you know, has to be made. Because even if you're thinking about, you know, what they did in the UK, like, they've made such a decision here, making, you know, waiting so long to say something. At least in the UK, they made their decision, they made that announcement. And, you know, I'm sure there was outcry at first, I'm sure there were some complaints at first. But now everyone knows, oh, well, nothing we can do. You know, this is the plan. We're working towards calculated grades in the UK. Here, on the other hand, I mean, I've already talked to you about the pure anxiety felt by students. Even if we're not, you know, directly thinking about it, it's niggling away in the back of our minds at every hour of each day. And um, I just think that they've made a real mistake waiting so long to make the decision. I mean, I'm sure... Even if they announce traditional leaving certs, you will have, of course, the argument of it's too late to study for, you know, in the room exams now. No, it's not. Grow up and all this. But I think, you know, pulling that aside, they've left it too late in terms of, you know, people aren't going to get over it on time for whatever comes, you know. Yes. If we had gotten, you know, news of the, the situation a little bit earlier, like I said, you know, there would have been outcry at first. Then people would have slowly gotten over it, moved on, worked towards whatever they want. Now, the fact that they've left it so long, there's a real sense that, you know, whatever decision they come to, people are going to try and, you know, make room for negotiation. And that just, that can't happen at this late stage, you know? I hear what you're saying. And and I've come to the conclusion here, just not with education, but 
other matters as well when it comes to this crisis. There is certainly a lack of communication. Now, I know they'll say they're hanging on as long as they can because they really want the exams to be uh, sat in the traditional format in a hall. You take your exam, the written paper, and they're trying to uh, play the long game and think we can wait as long as we can and give that the go-ahead. But that's interesting to hear what you say. The last time we spoke, yes, you were saying, not so sure, you're quite fairly certain now. Let's (laughs) make a decision here, call it, and you're erring on the side of going with the calculated grades. I mean, you know, even if I had disagreed with the decision they had yeah. come to, had they made it sooner, as long as they put their foot down, you know, as long as they said, this is absolutely what's happening, work towards this, we'll be in touch, that would have been fine. But now it's just, it's been left so long, you know. Mm. And, and, and I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. the confidence out of you. Yes, of course it does. And you know, it's only when you mention it. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, there's loads of time. There's not. We're in February at the moment. You just have to go March, April, May, and then there's exams if they happen at the normal time. So there is only a matter of weeks before you'd be exactly. due to go in and sit the exams. Look, in terms of your studies and not being in class at the moment and using, as we spoke about before, all the technology to do classes and keeping the, keeping the studies going. How are you getting on there? Um, I think I personally am getting on just fine with it or as fine as I possibly could be with um, the online learning. I mean, I think, you know, teacher um, people are giving teachers a bit of a hard time at the moment. I can certainly say in my case, you know, they're doing the best they can in the circumstances and they are teaching as if we would have been in the classroom. It's just when it comes to online learning, I just I'm not quite sure how to describe it to you, Jerry. There's just something not quite right. You know, there's just something not quite there. And I know it's as difficult to teach as it is to be taught online, but it's just there's something off. So even if we continued this way, even if it was to the best of our abilities, it's just not quite satisfactory. Mm, isn't that interesting? And that's is, is, is that's how you personally feel. Are you getting that vibe from others in your class? I am. I have to say I am. I think that last year when we sort of dipped our toes into the water of online learning, um, when I was in fifth year and when everything mattered so much less, um, the general feeling was that, you know, it didn't suit some people, oh well, and then it did suit some people. But now that we're in sixth year and, you know, everything matters so much more, you can kind of see that it actually doesn't suit anyone 100%. It just suits them more than others. Mm. Isn't the calculated grades, though, going to be a challenge as well, considering the time missed last year from school in your fifth year or whatever, and when you see the amount of time that's missed this year, there's getting less scope of material and work to base that on. Do you know what I'm getting at as well? I do, I do exactly. It's just, you know, no matter what way you look at it, there's just been so much invaluable time lost to COVID. And um, I mean, calculated grades, you're absolutely right. There's not a lot of scope to go off of. Even online uh, online tests, you know, that we've sometimes been doing in certain classes. Mm. I mean, you know, it's just, it's not quite the same. Doing a pop quiz on Microsoft Teams isn't the same as sitting in a classroom, you know, desks and chairs and calculators and doing it under supervision. It's just, it does not feel the same. It feels like you're doing a Facebook quiz or something, you know? Yes, yes. Look at this. This is the practical sense, folks, of what Leaving Cert students are are facing. Uh, You saw that some students opted to sit last year's exams and you're probably aware the results came out. Uh, 30-odd percent had grades raised. But on the other hand, there were another 30 percent who lost ground because of sitting the physical exams themselves. So it's sort of uh, balanced out. I know you've applied for your CAO already. Does it concern you now, really concern you, that you may not be getting a fair crack of the whip when it comes to the grades you're assigned and the points you get vis-a-vis your future and what you want to study? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is, they say, the season of college applications and, you know, filling out the CAO. A lot of students will be taking the HPAT. I know I just applied for a scholarship that was due on Sunday. It's really, you know, you're kind of thinking about college And then it kind of dawns on you, none of this might happen the way you want it to happen or the way it might usually happen. And I think there's always that concern that students have of, oh, I might not get into this college, but that's fine. That's just, you know, how many points I get. Now there are just so many things that could go wrong, you know, Mm. and it gives you a headache when when you really think about it. I mean, the future is just so uncertain. 
really is. And at a crucial time in a young person's life when really outside worries, distractions and that are not needed at all because there's just one focus here. Um, look, I, it, it, it's so interesting to hear what you have to say. And I don't see a lot of, you know, what would I say? positivity or am I wrong there or does that just sum it up? No I, I am sorry for being so um, so grim this time but it is definitely true I think this lockdown in particular for all age groups but I can certainly say for students has been the toughest one so far and I don't know if that's because as I said I'm in sixth year now and you're kind of thinking about everything in that much more detail but certainly I feel like there's nothing fun to be made out of it so easily anymore you know and um i remember i spoke to you the last time about um before this lockdown happened about how um how wary i would be if a second one happened because i'd feel as if i was kind of trapped at home with my leaving cert and i can confirm that's really exactly how i feel i mean when you erase the line between school and home even just doing hobbies, if I'm drawing it, if I'm doing drama, it feels like a guilty pleasure almost rather than just something I would do for the sake of my own well-being, you know? Mm. Um, and I mean, certainly I can't stress how important it is to get outside nowadays, but I just feel like I don't even have the time, even though, you know, school ends at the normal time, it ends at four o'clock. I still feel like I'm at school at six o'clock and I know that my dad's um, been trying to basically drag me outside to go on jogs with him but um, you know it's just it's a bit hard to, to kind of differentiate sometimes I can empathise with you because I've worked at home for long spells this last year as well and one day rolls into another you know, one hour rolls into another. You get up and you're in this, and it is very hard to extricate yourself from. I, I, I understand completely what you're saying, but it is so important to do it if you can at all. I say that to you as well to try and make the break and separate, you know, downtime, some leisure from the hard work and the very hard work that it is studying for the Leaving Cert exam. Are you getting any downtime? I know you're a wonderful drama student, you have other interests as well, but obviously not a lot going on there either with the the scenario we're in. No, you know, you ask every time and every yeah. time I've got the same answer. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the day you say to me, oh, will I tell you, Jerry? I'm involved in this and we have a new production and we're going to do it this way. Look, I'm sorry for asking oh, it again. I'm, but waiting, I'm waiting for that day as well. Yeah, so I, I know, I know, I know. And you're such a creative young woman, artistic and everything, and it's a big part of you as well. And there's just a frustration, and I can feel it as well, uh, with the uh, confinement and, and the loss of that as well. Well, look at... I wanted to touch base with you today. It's been really nice to talk to you and you've been so honest and you've painted the picture, I'm sure, that many young people are in and a scenario they're in at the moment. All I can say to you and everybody else is do your best. That's all you can do at this time. What will happen will happen. The decisions will be made and you go at that then and see where that takes you. And please, God, as this year moves on, and I say it again, as vaccines become more available and we tackle this thing now and uh, open up life and society and education and everything else again there are better days ahead Aisha. You're absolutely right Jay. There are, please there are keep that, keep that in focus all the time listen you're great, I wish you well we'll talk again I'm sure You too, bye Jay. Thank you for talking to me take care, isn't she wonderful Aisha Jalali there, so honest so straightforward God, you've got to feel sorry. you got to feel sorry for everybody because this is, I'm telling you, I know, this is the biggest challenge, the biggest struggle at this point in time. We've got to dig deep into the reserves, but I wish all students well. It is a tough time for them and we will, I'm sure, hear word on the Leaving Cert exam uh, imminently in the next couple of days from the Minister and the Government. But all we can do, I keep saying it to you, try and get up in the day, put the head up in the air, forward, look forward and keep looking forward. There are better times ahead and there's better times ahead on late lunch in a few minutes. The Sweet Cigarettes got a lovely message in there from a listener. I have to read it to you. Jerry, when I was smaller, I could never do enough to be so alike to my granddad. So true. And this is so true. I used to have a pack of Sweet Cigarette Sticks that you mentioned. 
and would have a stick when he was having a real cigarette. Sure, sure they were so tasty. Uh, they'd never last that long at all. Out of the box gone before he finished the cigarette. Thankfully, Jerry, I never actually smoked a day in my life. Thank you indeed for that lovely message. And Handy Stores in Dundalk getting a message only closed last year. And the chocolate satins were beautiful, says a listener to us this afternoon. We could go on and on. Sweets, wonderful, wonderful memories. Now, my featured artist this week is the wonderful Billy Joel. And we're in the 80s now with Joel. And, you know, he didn't like being labelled a balladeer or a soft rocker. So in the early 80s, he set out to reaffirm his rocker status with the album called Glass Houses. I have it myself. It spent six weeks at number one in the USA with the likes of you may be right, Still rock and roll to me, don't ask me why, and sometimes a fantasy. Those were all big hits from that album. A couple of more albums followed until he produced another one with Uptown Girl about his future wife, Christine Brinkley. But also on that album were the likes of The Longest Time, Keeping the Faith and Leave a Tender Moment Alone. But today I want to remember the 80s and Billy Joel with the title album, the title track from that particular album. Here it is. Brilliant. Simply brilliant. Billy Joel and Innocent Man on late lunch this afternoon. I don't care whether he's regarded as a balladeer, rocker, soft rocker. He's simply brilliant. And a couple of lines from that song just sit with you. Don't they at this time? Some people hope for a miracle cure. Some people just accept the world as it is. The miracle cure is there, folks. We've got to accept it as it is. And this will play out with time. So pertinent, those words. Continuing the Billy Joel story on Late Lunch tomorrow with another cracking song. But after a final break, this Wednesday afternoon, local guardy joining in the Sheer Connor Shuffle. I think I, think I could give it a go. I think I could. I'm just doing a little practice routine here. Jerusalem. That's what the Gardaí dance to when they're not on the checkpoints. I'm only joking, Adele, Doug Dale. How are you? Hi, Jerry. How are you? <laughs> yes, that is the song that the, the gauntlet was thrown down from Swiss uh, police to the Gardaí. She and yes, and sure God, it's gone viral everywhere. And they're getting into the spirit of it and doing the Gardaí shuffle. Adele, you've been challenged yourself, I believe, in trim. Yeah, so yesterday after that video came out, I think a lot of people in Trim were wondering why we hadn't participated or where we were in the video. So they threw the gauntlet down to myself and I jokingly said that if enough people supported me and I could do it for charity, I'd do something fun in Trim. Didn't really think much of the power of social media and I should have. <laughs> Woke up this morning to a load of messages on Facebook saying, do it, Adele, do it, do it, do it. So I'll give you an exclusive, Jerry. I'm going to do it and I'll do it for Trim Town and Trim Community. Ah, oh, good woman yourself. You're a fantastic lady, I have to say, because you're, you have a great track record in actually, you know, getting involved in things and uh, your connection with supporting charities and the community is wonderful. Are you going to do this one or will it be a different tune? No, I think we'll, we'll, we'll try and do something a little different. Um, that will be very hard to top. That was It was very well put together. Yes. And um, the production on it and everything was just amazing. So I think we'll try and... We might we might be nearly like the the second hand uh, cousins there trying to copy that one. So we might just pack that one to one side and try and come up with our own routine. At least then we can pretend that it's better than if nobody else has tried it. <laughs> Stop the world wagon wheel! Oh no, you won't go down those roads, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I could be desperate, Jerry. You don't know. It. <laughs> I haven't seen my dancing skills. It's on a unique, unique level. I think that'll be the best way to. Yeah, yes, and look, Declan Ernie will kill me for saying that, and the other fellow as well. But uh, you know, look at the world, your oyster, and you can take your time about this. So look at yeah. everybody saw the opportunity to put Adele on the spot, and they jumped at the opportunity. So listen, you're really assured uh, great support. This is the wonderful thing about this and no matter what you come up with or what you do oh do you know Jerry, I'm actually very grateful for the community in Trim District because I'm, I'm 12 years in Trim as a guard and since Covid has hit I was put into the community policing role in Trim which I've loved because there's such um, 
there's such a lovely feeling at the end of every day to be able to know that everything I've done throughout that day has been helping somebody, either the elderly or the vulnerable in the community. Mm. So anything I've asked of Trim, there's never an issue. I Christmas hampers, everybody jumped on it. I was able to get hundreds and hundreds of hampers out to the elderly at Christmas. When I did the fundraiser last year, never an issue. was able to raise a load of money for them as well, for that charity for Failcon. So this time I'm hoping that they, they won't be sick of me asking all the time and that they'll dig a little deeper this time and ah, we'll be able won't. to get some money for a local charity. Yeah, then. they won't. You haven't decided on the charity as yet. I have. have. I think I'm, I'm going to do it for Prosper in, in Trim. They're, um, they're, they work with disability adults. So there's 37 uh, disability adults in, in Trim. They have intellectual disability, autism or physical disabilities. And I know COVID has hit them really hard now because their normal day-to-day routine has, has turned upside down on, on their heads. So yeah. um, for, for, I know the staff are working so hard there just to try and, you know, get them independent as possible within the community and now with COVID it's just that little bit harder so if I can raise any bit of money for them just to get them extra services and extra help that'd be great Good on you so Prosper will be the charity who'll be the beneficiaries and I'm sure they're delighted to hear that today so you have to recruit a few colleagues work within the restrictions of course we have to say that and I know loads of people wanted to join you but it's not possible to do it we know folks and thanks It's so I know know. COVID is just it just kind of ruins every little thing that you try and do because you think a great idea ideas and you think of things that you could do and then you realise, oh, I can't because it's outside the 5K or you don't want to be bringing in extra people and you can't advertise for anything. So, look, we do our best. We work our magic and trim like we always do and we'll definitely come up with something fun, lift the spirits, get yeah. people laughing, just give them something to look forward to. We said that we'll, we'll have it released by Paddy's Day. Good. And then that'll just give everybody, get the get. We'll throw maybe little snippets of clues and stuff out over oh, social media over the next couple of weeks it. Oh, just yes. to get people yes. going and give them a little... So I've put a little picture up on the trim discussion board. It's just there now. I'm dressed in leg warmers, tutus, headbands, <laughs> everything. So Good on you. You can't laugh at yourself. <laughs> what can you do? OK, yeah. keep us in the loop here. We'll be delighted to travel this road with you and highlight it when you decide on the song and how people can donate as well. Fair juice here. You're building on something really special. Wish you well, Adele. Thank you for joining Thank you. me. Thanks again. Take Bye. care of yourself. Bye-bye. Guard Adele Dugdale there from Trim who have themselves taken up the challenge now and will be working to raise money for Prosper, a wonderful charity in the Trim area. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Wednesday afternoon. Thank you so much for your company. Tomorrow we're in the garden with Nikki Kyle. Oh yes, the days are getting longer. There's work to be done. Stephanie Bresner is joining me. She's a wonderful lady columnist with the Sunday Independent. Lots to chat about. And Diana Rourke ryan who we spoke to last year, early on in COVID. She's had that baby, but she's had loss as well. She's telling us a story on the show tomorrow. Eddie's coming next with the drive stay with us here wonderful music and more besides see you for late lunch tomorrow 1.30 The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drahada Dundalk and Cavan our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe sales are click and deliver only through our website blackstonemotors.ie stay safe from Blackstone Motors Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.